This podcast is brought to you by Chames Entertainment, LLC. ChamesEntertainment.com is the place you can go to view all of my latest music and poetry, in addition to custom poetry and branding packages that I offer. My new ebook, How to Survive a Stock Market Crash, is now available for free. Just visit ChamesEntertainment.com backslash investing. That's C-H-A-M-E-S entertainment.com backslash investing. Now let's get it. If my portfolio is up, I ain't spending it. I'ma sell that, flip it to a business. Y'all be on money phones, talking flipping bricks. I'ma show you little boys what the difference is. Fuck your party, fuck your race, put the money in the safe Republican in office, make more bread. Get yourself a LLC, put some money in the markets, get your gains tax less than the poor get. Uh, uh, fuck with me and get some money. Fuck with me and get some money. What is up, everybody? Happy Friday. Welcome to episode number 40 of JC, the hip hop trader. As you might have guessed, I am JC, and today, It's July the 12th, 2019, pre-market hours. Today, I would like to talk about valuing a company within the stock market. And I'm, I'm trying to keep in mind that I have investors who are listening that are still new to the stock market. They're still beginners. and I want to make sure that I'm still educating. I want to make sure that I'm still teaching the basics, the fundamentals of investing in the stock market because the stock market is is such a wonderful tool that everybody has access to, but only a small portion of us actually are taking advantage of. So I definitely want to get into that. But for starters, I want to talk about Jerome Powell because we've spoken in the past about how when Fed Chair Jerome Powell makes a decision on interest rates, and the investor community is watching it very closely. And it played out last year in a negative way when Jerome Powell raised interest rates when We didn't necessarily think he needed to. And as a result, the stock market took a huge hit at the end of the year. Since then, he's admitted his mistakes and he's kept interest rates steady. But now it seems like he might be signaling towards lowering interest rates. and. That has investors very hopeful and very bullish about the future of the stock market. Because typically, when rates go down, the prices of stocks go up. And this week, Jerome Powell testified in front of the House Financial Services Committee. And he said that 
uncertainties around trade tensions and concerns about the strength of global economy continue to weigh on the U.S. economic outlook. And he's saying that these factors could lead him to potentially lower interest rates if he sees fit. Now, he also has insisted that the Fed will not bend to political pressure and will do what is needed to sustain the expansion. By political pressure, he's referring to our good friend, President Donald Trump, because he has been very vocal about wanting interest rates to be lower. Because, of course, he wants the stock market to go higher because he views that as his report card. Now, the investor community is a little split on whether or not we should actually be lowering interest rates right now. Because, on one hand, it seems like a great idea. We lower interest rates and the market can, uh, we can continue our economic growth. The market can continue to roar higher and all is good. However, we are also still hovering around all time highs right now. If the market were to shoot higher from here and interest rates get cut multiple times this year, and, and we shoot up exponentially, it could lead to a crash. We don't want to go up too fast, and we don't want to overstimulate the economy to the point where it's not actually stimulated, it just looks like it is. Because the stock prices are, are going higher. In my humble opinion, I think that we do, we could use a rate cut here soon. However, I don't think they should continue. I don't think there should be multiple rate cuts this year. Maybe one, maybe one. And then let's see how it plays out. I do understand the trade war concerns, but sometimes you have to just let the market correct itself. Sometimes you have to let the market adjust to what the changing circumstances are. And sometimes you have to let it adjust naturally. Of course, the market is going to eventually take a hit. That's how the stock market works. It doesn't just go up. It will go down. So it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. I'll be watching it closely and providing commentary as the Fed makes its announcements as the year goes on. Now back to what I wanted to discuss today, which is valuing a company. One of the... And I wanted to talk about this because I understand that it can be very confusing to a new investor as to how to determine the value of the company because you can't just look at the stock price. 
that's what I did when I first started paying attention to the stock market. I thought that a higher stock price meant a higher value. So like if a, if a company had a stock price of $400 per share, then I thought that automatically meant it was worth more than a company that was trading at $20 per share. And that's not necessarily the case. What you have to do to properly value a company is one of the popular ways is to look at the price to earnings ratio. And the price to earnings ratio is its current share price relative to its per share earnings, its EPS, earnings per share. And it's also known as the price multiple or earnings multiple. And the, the PE ratios are used by investors and analysts to determine the relative value of a company's shares in an apples to apples comparison. I'm going to come back to that in a second. It can also be used to compare a company against its own historical data to compare aggregate markets against one another over time. And the way you calculate the price to earnings ratio is you take the current share price of the company and you divide that by its current earnings per share. And the way you get the earnings per share is by taking their earnings and dividing that by the number of shares outstanding. Now, the price to earnings ratio of the S&P 500 has fluctuated from a low of around 6 in 1949 to over 120 in 2009. The long-term average price-to-earnings ratio for the S&P 500 is around 15. Now that means that the stocks that make up the index collectively command a premium 15 times greater than their weighted average earnings. Right now, the price-to-earnings ratio for the S&P 500 is about 22. Now, I also want to point out that there are two different ways to calculate price-to-earnings ratio. You can calculate forward or trailing. There are positives and negatives to both. When you're talking about using forward price-to-earnings ratio, which essentially is using their, the company's projected earnings per share, sometimes the projections can be wrong. Sometimes the projections can be very short. Or sometimes you can overshoot with your projections. That's the, the problem with using forward 
P-E ratio. But when you use trailing, which is more popular, using past performance, it's more accurate in a sense because these are the actual earnings per share that were recorded. However, the negative side of using the trailing price to earnings ratio is that past performance doesn't necessarily signify future behavior. So it's important to keep that in mind as you're doing the calculations. Now, the main thing to keep in mind when you're doing these calculations is all stocks are not made equal in regards to their price to earnings ratio. And when we are looking at these ratios and we're looking at these multiples, we have to understand that we can really only compare companies that are within the same sector. For instance, if you are a consumer goods company, say a Kimberly Clark or a, a Procter and Gamble or a Clorox, those companies can be compared to each other, but you wouldn't necessarily compare the price to earnings ratio of one of those companies to a company like Google or Amazon. You really want to stick to the apples to apples comparisons when you're valuing these companies because different sectors will be valued in different ways, even within sectors sometimes. Now, if we're looking at consumer goods, that's a good example where you can usually compare one company to another and there's not as big of a variation. The same is true in the financial sector with the banks. But when you're looking at a sector like the semiconductor chip sector, you'll see a lot more variation. And that is where even with the apples to apples comparison, you have to go a little bit deeper. And you have to look at the outlook of the company because a company that is innovating, a company that is looking to continue its exponential growth in the future is going to command a higher price to earnings ratio regardless of what the other stocks in the sector are doing. Case in point, one of my favorite chip stocks, AMD. Its price to earnings ratio is 130 times earnings. That's extremely high if you're looking at it in a vacuum. But when you realize why it's so high, then you recognize that it's not necessarily overvalued. You, we can't just use the price to earnings ratio as a way of determining whether a stock is under or overvalued. And if we look at some other stocks in the, in the sector that I've talked about before, 
NVIDIA's at 31. And Intel's at 11. Micron is at 5. So we also have to keep in mind that these semiconductor chip stocks, some, some of them are doing different things. Some of them are making different types of chips. So we still have to keep in mind that not only do we have to compare apples to apples in the same sector, but then we have to go and compare apples to apples within that sector and what those companies do. And then we have to look at what the company is planning to do in the future and how their growth strategy looks. There's a bunch of different, there's a reason why there's people who spend their whole lives analyzing financial markets and some of them still can't beat the S&P 500 with their investment strategies. It's, it's very complicated. And I was even reading an article in Forbes that was pointing out the flaws in using price to earnings as a way to value a company in the first place. And they were making the case that ROIC, which is return on invested capital, explains over half the difference in valuations between various companies. And they said that the correlation between ROIC and the value of the company was a lot stronger than the correlation between the price to earnings ratio and the value of the company. When I say value of the company, I'm referring to the stock price. And it's understandable why investors might think that earnings drive stock prices because typically when you see stock prices go down after earn or typically after an, an earnings miss, you see stock prices go down. And then when you see companies beat earnings, you see stock prices go up. However, a lot of times that is just temporary. It's temporary pops, it's temporary declines. Overall, that doesn't necessarily determine the direction of the stock. There, there are so many variables that come into play, and that is just the beginning. And that is also why I always say that the stock market is unpredictable. You never know how the market's going to behave. You never know how, com how investors are currently going to be valuing the companies. I, I said earlier, the, the, the price to earnings ratio uh, of the S&P 500 has fluctuated from 6 to 120 over the past 50, 60 years. So we have to keep that in mind when we're valuing these companies. However, it is good practice to know what the rate, what the price to earnings multiple is for the companies that you're investing in and how it compares to the rest of the companies in that sector. Now, I want to close by talking about some tweets that came across from Donald Trump yesterday evening in regards to cryptocurrencies 
And let, let me just read what he, what he had to say. <laughs> he said, I am not a big fan of Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies which are not money and whose value is highly volatile and based on thin air. Unregulated crypto assets can facilitate unlawful behavior, including drug trade and other illegal activity. Similarly, Facebook's Libra's, Facebook Libra's virtual currency will have little standing or dependability. If Facebook and other companies want to become a bank, they must seek a new banking charter and become subject to all banking regulations, just as other banks, both national and international. We have only one real currency in the USA, and it is stronger than ever, both dependable and reliable. It is by far the most dominant currency anywhere in the world, and it will always stay that way. It is called the United States dollar. Now, I, <laughs> I don't disagree with Donald Trump in, in regards to cryptocurrencies being highly volatile, which is why I said that I'm, I personally wasn't investing in cryptocurrencies right now. But at the same time, I do see value in it for the long term. And I don't think that they will always be this volatile. And I think that it is important to have systems like this that are outside of the banking system. Not to mention that even though the price is based on thin air, you can say that about almost anything. You can say that about any of our currencies. You can say that about gold. The only thing that drives price, the price up of anything is people, people's willingness to pay for it. If people were not willing to pay these prices for gold anymore, the price would decline. It's all an illusion. It's all based on our perception of what we believe something is worth. And as long as we continue to keep valuing cryptocurrencies as something that is useful to society, which I believe they will be, I believe that they have been, and I believe that they're just getting started. And there are a number, a number of financial institutions, reputable ones, that have invested in cryptocurrencies and Bitcoin. So I don't think that it's going anywhere. And I think that even when we talk about companies like Facebook, I think that this is just the future of where currencies are going to be headed. We, we're going to see, with, with everything being online, we're going to see these virtual currencies. And we're going to see these virtual currencies existing outside of the normal banking structure that a lot of people believe is, is corrupt, a corrupt system. So it has also become a sort of fight the system currency, which is why I believe that 
even though it's not as quote unquote reputable, it will continue to attract investors. It will continue to be used. And I have not seen any actual data that backs up the fact that it will be or has been being used primarily for committing crimes. I, I did hear before that people were using it for gambling, but now that's becoming legal. And the price of Bitcoin is still going up. So I think that Donald Trump is more so concerned about money flowing out of the stock market, out of the U.S. dollar, into these cryptocurrencies, therefore sending the stock market low. I, I, th that's all I can think about. I don't know what else could be driving him to make this, to, to voice this opinion. I also know that he hates Silicon Valley, so it makes sense that he would attack Facebook. It makes sense that he would attack Amazon, Google. He's already looking for any way to break them up, so of course he doesn't want a company like Facebook to create their own currency. But in, in all reality, all of this is neither here nor there. I just saw it last evening and... and had to bring it up. Um, I really want to urge you to continue to learn, continue to research the stocks that you were investing in. Continue to be patient. Continue to be diligent. Continue to be disciplined. Because volatility can strike at any given time. We cannot time the market. That being said, I hope everybody has a great weekend. I hope everybody has a great week. I will be back next week. But until next time, it's JC. If my portfolio is up, I ain't spending it. I'ma sell that, flip it to a business. Y'all be on money phones, talking flipping bricks. I'ma show you little boys what the difference is. Fuck your party, fuck your race. Put the money in a safe for Republican and office. Make more bread. Get yourself an LLC. Put some money in the markets. Get your gains taxed less than the...